Now, let me ask you something. This Robert Smiley. Yeah, um, yeah. Does he have anything to do with the Smiley track? I was good? wondering the same thing. I'm not sure. I doubt it, but uh, I love the little Smiley's. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man, we would love to just go to a city and blanket it with Smiley's. <laughs> oh, what I would love to do is go fly over on the uh, Bellevue UH-1 and just throw them right out the side door. Yeah. Right over the crowd. <laughs> and they look up and they're saying, What is it raining? What is that? Is it is it snow? What does this thing say? Smile, God loves you. All of a sudden a smiley's coming down on its own individual three by three parachute. Hey, it's your fellow revolutionary, Jason Vreeke. And these are Tales of the Revolution. This episode is entitled, A Smiley for Your Troubles. I had a chance to have a conversation with comedian Bob Smiley. He's one of the funniest guys you'll ever hear, but he also has a real heart for ministry. I really hadn't thought about him except in the context of joke telling until recently. Not long ago, I saw him open for Tim Hawkins, and he shared a story, and I was floored. Now, I want to share that story with you. Speaking of Tim Hawkins, he's got a great bit about how his testimony is kind of boring and mine is kind of the same way. And, you know, sometimes we find ourselves going, man, I wish I was addicted to crack so I have a good story. But, you know, it's uh, I grew up in a very loving Christian home. Uh, my parents are, are very good Christian people. Um, they also, I think, did a great parenting move where they didn't, try to force their faith on me they wanted my faith to be my own and so they kind of let me discover that now I still you know we were required to go to church and you know but they never you know had morning devotionals or you know really got on to me about reading the bible or anything they kind of let me just discover that on my own and was there to you know answer questions and so I kind of grew up knowing the faith and I always loved and uh, respected my parents and so I thought you know it started with like this is something that they you know, base their whole life around, and if, if they figured it out, then, you know, I, it's really worth looking into, and my grandmother had a, a big influence on me. Uh, the thing I tell on stage is, uh, she actually got me to read the Bible, because she, she said it like this, she goes, uh, you should, you know, the Bible has so many answers to life, and young kids never read the Bible, and elderly people are, you know, reading it like crazy, because it's like they're trying to cram for a final. And just just that line made me, you know, laugh. And I was like, yeah, that's true. People wait. And um, so I read the Bible pretty early and everything seemed to add up and, and make sense. And I saw God, you know, showing up in my life throughout, even when I was in elementary school and just seeing a lot of cool opportunities. And I really kind of grew up in the faith, continued to build the foundation through reading and going to church and uh, worshiping and, you know, just have never had a real kind of walk away from God period in my life. So I've kind of been a Christian pretty much all my life. You know, I had some couple of moments where I really decided, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to make this a big part of my life. When I, when I started doing comedy, I, I definitely was only interested in doing churches and, and you know, doing clean comedy and um, having a message at my show to either share, share testimony or, you know, and I try to give some people some hope and stuff and, and use comedy more as a ministry tool than, you know, just a career. And so, yeah, I've, I've pretty much, you know, grown up and constantly, you know, sitting in a pew and in church and trying to do, you know, the best I can with each day that God gives me. So that's kind of the testimony. It's kind of boring, but I, you know, I'll take it. 
it's working for me. Well, some might say it's boring, but I mean, that's great because I think of, like myself, my testimony is different from that, but my children are now growing up in a Christian home, praise God. So I think of all the troubles that they get to avoid that I wish I avoided. And this hit me one day, uh, my kids and I were playing video games and they were showing me cheat codes. And it just basically means that you can win the game no matter what. And uh, it dawned on me that, you know, the Bible is the best cheat codes to life. Like it's, it's the guiding and it's the, you know, it, it gets you through any situation. If you just, you know, know what the Bible says, it will guide you to make the right decisions. And um, so I've always tried to get kids to read the Bible. In fact, um, I'm on my 12th year of writing for Focus on the Family. Uh, I, I started writing this character called Average Boy, uh, which is basically me, but in a modern day version of me. So it's, you know, this kid that's in junior high and uh, I write this humor article every month. And then they had me uh, write uh, two comedy slash devotional books as uh, Average Boy, as that character. And I love getting feedback from parents uh, that are saying, you know, my kids are now really looking into scripture because the book are you know funny stories with things that kids are dealing with uh, at that particular age group and so it's a funny story but then there's a resolution at the end of each chapter and then there's scripture to back up why average boy picks those and uh, so i love that kids are you know really diving in and getting you know a little bit of scripture along with some laughs and stuff so yeah the bible has always been a real big guidance i saw a commercial years ago that uh, convicted me because i've read a lot of the bible but it was quiet on the TV, which is what caught my attention. I was actually doing something, and I looked up, and it started with a picture of a baby, and then it morphed into a toddler, and then into an elementary kid. And it, it basically showed the progression of, of somebody's life, like a guy's life, all the way up until he was 70. And then all it said was, are you going to tell God that 70 years was not enough time to read his book? And I don't know who did the commercial or who paid for that, but... I was like, yeah, I've never read it cover to cover. And so I started doing that about, I don't know, about 20 years ago. And uh, man, it's just crazy how much it just guides you to make the right decisions in life. And being a comic is, uh, you know, one of the kind of the weird things that happens is people come up and they try to be funny. And a, a lot of the time, I mean, 90% of the time, they try to be funny by saying something rude to you mm -hmm. and because they think that's the way, you know, and I, I get it. I mean, that's fine. But yeah, there's been times where people have said something just really rude, trying to, to be funny or they're nervous or whatever. And, uh, and I have to get in the back of my mind and think, wow, Jesus still loves them. Well, okay. If he loves them, I, I probably should try to love them too, no matter what they say about my ears or whatever, you know, whatever comment they're making. And I have so much respect for what you do because comedy is one of the hardest things maybe even the hardest thing to do uh, you know people are, are funny around their friends but then try to get in front of a room of strangers and make connections with people enough to make them you know laugh out loud that's the toughest thing to do so i have a lot of respect for what you do oh thanks man I, yeah it's definitely rewarding and when it's going great it's great but boy it is it can be hard because you're you know when you walk on stage you a lot of times don't have any background information between you and the audience. You know, like when you're in the living room hanging out with your friends, you can make a joke about Jim being cheap and everybody knows Jim is cheap. But when you get on stage, you know, the audience isn't sitting there going, oh, I wonder if he's going to talk about Jim and how cheap he is. Like you just have no background. You have to really craft your shows where you're painting a picture in the audience's mind and you've got to paint it in such a way that they see what's funny in your mind and so it can be challenging but boy i, I love it this is, is a lot of fun
Well, I think that guys like you are certainly gifted in that area. But, um, you know, God is good. And as believers, we enjoy a lot of benefits. Like you said, we have the cheat codes of the Bible, so to speak. But what happens in life when, um, when things don't go your way? I mean, I heard recently from you, in fact, that you went through a divorce. I wonder if you would talk about that for a little bit and what the Lord has done for you. Yeah, and, you know, speaking about awkward things to bring up on stage, uh, yeah, my wife left, wow, over a year and a half ago, and there wasn't any warning, like, it just, like, I thought we were just cruising through life, and everything was good, and, and then I just, I came home one day, and she just said that she didn't want to be married anymore, and she moved out, uh, my mother-in-law is living four doors down from me, so I guess God is angry at me for something, because she she lives so close but yeah so she moved out and moved in with her mom and I mean it was just like a whirlwind uh you know all of a sudden everything just came crashing down you thought you'd figured out life and she moved out and you know it was a shock to the kids as well because you know they saw us interact all the time and there was just never fighting or problems or anything so I mean it was it definitely was something to get used to and try to wrap your head around it and and I wasn't going to talk about it on stage, you know, and, and for many reasons. One, I was actually fearful about my career. I didn't know if the church would, you know, hire a divorced comedian. Um, and, you know, I definitely wasn't planning on talking about it on stage or, you know, I wasn't going to hide it from people because, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much an open book. I talk about my whole life, but I, was, I wasn't going to touch on that subject. And then I was doing a show in Houston and I'd done the show a year before. And so, and it was a marriage a date night thing. And, you know, the year before I was on stage doing jokes about how awesome marriage was and how great it is and, you know, all that stuff. And so I had to call him and say, hey, I know you, you hired me, you know, right after that first show to come back and do another one. But I got to tell you what, you know, what's going on. And um, I thought they they were going to say, you know, well, we'll get another comedian or something. And the guy was like, well, marriages are struggling there's a you know there's definitely a target on marriage and if you feel like it talk about it and so I I talked about it that night and I was shocked at how many couples came up afterwards and I basically the message I had was you know if your marriage isn't good if it's struggling don't let Satan get a foothold don't just you know allow that to continue really make it your priority and you know let God create and renew your marriage and I had so many people coming up and going yeah our, our marriage isn't good and we just kind of been just you know thinking well that's just the way it is and we just kind of been growing apart and um, and then people were really brutally honest so I thought well wow maybe this is maybe this is something that needs to be talked about on stage and so then the next week I was in Michigan and I talked about it again and I talked about her leaving and you know me just feeling like I was alone but you know, I was already seeing God show up and, and do some amazing things uh, for the kids and I. And so uh, I talked about that, and this guy immediately went back to my merch table, and he grabbed my shoulder and kind of pulled me over the side. And I thought maybe he was offended or something, and he just, uh, he goes, my wife left me yesterday. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, she walked out and left yesterday. And he said, I didn't, I didn't want to come to this comedy show. I didn't know who you were, but my friend dragged me to it. And I did not expect to hear a message of hope, but I needed to hear that. And after that, then I was like, okay, I'm definitely talking about it on stage because I could already see that God was going to use this. And so that's what I found out is I'm, I'm not alone. I'm not the first one to just all of a sudden be floored and 
you know, handed a, a really different road than I thought I was going to be on. And, um, you know, I'm finding that God will never leave you. And that's the thing. So even if somebody that uh, you thought had dedicated their life to you just walks away, you know, God's still going to be there and uh, still going to be able to guide you on whatever path uh, you're on. So that's, you know, that's, that's kind of my message of hope to people. And it, it seems to be resonating. Well, that's an amazing story of an amazing God. That's that's really great. That's awesome. Man, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. I know it might not be easy to share, but it looks like you've discovered that the Lord is using it, and He oftentimes seems to use our pains and our struggles to glorify Himself and to do ministry, so that's great. Yeah, I think sometimes Satan overplays his hand, and so I really feel like there was, you know, for whatever was going on, you know, that there was a target on us. I feel like Satan, you know, did this to kind of kind of stop any kind of ministry that was happening. And I think he overplayed his hand because I think, you know, God was like, all right, I'm going to use this to really reach out. Because, there, you know, there's nobody that I've heard of yet that's out talking about how to deal with divorce in, in you know, in churches uh, as far as comedians. And so when I started talking about it, I've had, I mean, every single night I have people come up after the show and tell me their story and tell me, you know, me what they're going through and ask for prayers. Or people have come up and said, hey, I've been through this. And I've gotten through it, and I just want to encourage you. Um, and so, I mean, God's, yeah, God's really showing up and using this to remind people. And I think, you know, people weren't talking about that. The fourth time that I talked about it on stage, I had a lady come up, and she was like, you know what? I'm three years into it now of dealing with my husband just leaving. But that first year was horrible, and I didn't have anybody encouraging me. I didn't have anybody, you know, that was giving me a message of hope. And so she said this, this quote, which I thought was cool. She goes, so thank you for talking about it, because how, how can we tell people about the dangers of drowning if we're not talking about the dangerous waters that we're in? And I thought, yeah, that's, that's right. We're, we're all out there, and we're all, you know, trying to, to do the right thing and uh, live for God. And there's going to be times where we're just going to be attacked or stuff's going to go bad, and you know, we need to we need to lean on each other and encourage one another. And so that's what I'm seeing. It's been, you know, it's, it's definitely not the path I wanted to be on. Um, you know, I didn't want God to tap me to be the one to run with this ball. But, you know, I'm happy to be in the game. So I can't really complain. Well, exactly. You know, it's it's just like Satan to want also for people to feel isolated in their struggle. And I think it's great that even though you have suffered, the Lord is not only comforting you, but he's using what you've gone through to really bring people out so they don't feel as isolated. So here Satan tries to do something to attack marriages and then God uses it for good. You know, that's, that's what I love about it. Yeah, that's exactly true. And um, <laughs> I found out that my friends, like my real true friends, um, <laughs> just give horrible advice. And so two of the advices that I got early on was uh, you just need to find a show, you know, uh, on Netflix and just, just sit and watch like a marathon of a show or something like that. And, and so I started to do that and I realized that that was a horrible thing because it, it was, it was isolation. And when you're going through it, you already think that there's something wrong with you or you're, you know, uh, you're not a good person. And um, then any kind of isolation uh, allows uh, depression to come in. And so I've talked to a lot of people that, the best advice I got was from Tim Hawkins, and he actually, uh, when I called him, he was like, just don't go through this alone. You know, God built us for community, and we need to lean on each other. And so, you know, and the joke I tell is that he then gave me his road manager's number and told me to call him anytime. <laughs> but, um, but no, I mean, Tim was really great uh, about, you know, checking in on me and, 
and stuff. And it is, it's, it's isolation. Satan definitely can use it to, to try to tear you down. And that's not a good thing. How can people get a hold of your stuff? Um, well, I'm on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, and I can use followers. Um, I know this is weird, but I had a, I got an email two days ago from a family member going, I've got more Facebook followers than you and you're supposed to be famous. And I was like, big deal, grandma. Um, so, you know, she's a social butterfly, but, um, uh, yeah, so they, they can just, I'm Bob Smiley Comedy on Facebook, um, Bob Smiley Comic on Instagram and Twitter. And I interact with people. Like I, you know, like I said, I, I feel like comedy is just a tool to be able to, you know, minister into people's lives. So if anybody messaged me or anything, like all that goes directly to me and I'm pretty good about getting answers back to people or, you know, replying and stuff. So, uh, and then my website's just bobsmiley.com, which I'm sure is your homepage, right? Okay, well, well uh, <laughs> you, want, you want me to lie? <laughs> no, 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 don't lie. This is a Christian podcast. Let's, let's keep, it, keep it real. But no, but yeah, that's a, my website from there. And I've got, you know, tons of clips on YouTube. And um, Although I, I am finding out that that's one of the bad things is I love marriage because I mean God created this amazing gift and so I've always talked so pro about how amazing marriage is so a lot of my clips on YouTube are about being married and you know how awesome it is and stuff like that and so now that I'm in the dating world I'm getting a lot of I, I got one this morning of a lady who uh, was like wait a minute I went on your YouTube page and are you still married? You know, they think I'm trying to scam them or, you know, I do that. And I'm like, no, I really, why would I be, you know, why would I be out there saying, but I guess there are a bunch of people out there that are married that are hiding it and, you know, a lot of that. But yeah, so I'm like, okay, do I take those clips off or, um, so yeah, it is, it is providing a little bit more uh, struggle for me just because the, the comedy clips turned out really good. Hey, icebreaker, icebreaker, you know? Yeah, icebreaker, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, that's a great first date. Let's sit and watch me do a bit on my wedding vow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not the good uh, first first date combo. Yeah, dating uh, in your 40s, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to say it except for, ah, I guess is the word. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I still feel creepy going into Starbucks and ordering a tall blonde. So I'm still just not comfortable with the whole thing. Well, I was doing that at Starbucks the other day, and there was a and there was a, a tall blonde behind me, and I said I'll have a tall blonde, and then I turned around, and she was standing there, and I just just out of awkwardness, I go, not not you. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with you. You're not. You're just like, and and it was like I was back in junior high trying to talk to a girl again. Like it was just so awkward. And the person you see on stage is who I am off stage. So I'm uh, I am a little weird. I'm a little. Uh, yeah, this actually sounds like a joke, but it's totally true. I took a girl out and I was like, where do you want to eat? And she was like, oh, I don't care at all. And then 30 minutes later, she was like, I don't like this Chuck E. Cheese. And I'm like, well, then don't say you don't care if, uh, if you did. So there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be a lot of little challenges uh, with all this. Well, Bob, it's been a pleasure. If there's any last message of hope that you'd like to give people right now who are suffering, go right ahead. Well, you know, I just remind them that God created them. And you first start with that knowledge, that God created you. You weren't a mistake. You weren't, you know, just an afterthought. God created you with a, with a plan and a purpose to your life. And even if people around you make bad decisions that, that drastically affect you, it doesn't mean God's not right there with you and, and you know, He still can use you no matter what, no matter what people do around you that affects your life, 
he can still work with anything that's thrown. Nothing's going to surprise him. And so I just remind them that, you know, as long as their their main focus is living for God, uh, then everything's going to be fine. I mean, there's still going to be depression. There's still going to be a lot of, you know, bad things to get through. But then that's kind of the cool thing is looking back on it and seeing how God shows up. You know, that, that first year, uh, you know, all last year, my kids and I can sit and, and we can we can pinpoint certain things that God did that was just absolutely crazy. In fact, one, one of my kids, I, I'll tell this really quick. I know we're kind of closing up, but um, uh, my kids had always, they had always wanted to go snow skiing. And so a friend of my dad heard about, you know, my wife leaving and, and he had been through that before. And he was like, man, I, I really want to help Bob out. Um, I've got a ski cabin in Cloudcroft. New Mexico, I'll just give that to him for a week if he wants to take the boys and, and go up there and just hang out. And so my kids and I have been wanting to go snow skiing for the last four years. And every single time something came up to keep us from doing that. And so when we got all excited, I booked the flights. And and then he called about two weeks before. And he was like, hey, I want to um, tell you a bunch of stuff to do around cloud crops. And I was like, oh, no, we're just going to ski the whole time. And he goes, oh, well, they haven't had snow for four years you're not gonna be able to ski and I was like what and I, I didn't want to get mad because it, you know it's still a blessing but you know the whole purpose was I thought we were going skiing and so I had to tell the boys I was like hey they haven't had snow in four years so it doesn't look like we're gonna be able to and uh, my youngest uh, Xander he just goes ah it's okay I'll pray for it and so he did for for every single night he would pray for snow and two days before we went out there. I forget how much it was now, but they got like, I want to say four foot of snow two days before we flew out there. And it was so much snow that we couldn't even make it to the cabin. And so I, I've got all these points on, um, I'm a Hilton's honor guy, like I say, um, Hampton Inns and all that. And so I had all these points. And so I, I just cashed them in and we stayed at the Hampton Inn for a week. And there was, because there was a snowstorm and very few people could make it up to Cloudcroft, there was one other family in the hotel and they had an indoor heated pool. And so literally we would just snow ski all day and then we'd go back to our semi-private hotel with a heated pool. And I mean, it was just the greatest. And at the end of the week, the snow was starting to melt and we were hitting rocks and, and stuff like that. And then they didn't get snow after that. So it snowed perfectly for the week we were there. And that's what uh, one of my kids was like, wow, God's not even trying to hide the blessings anymore. He's just showering them down on us. And, and it was true. I mean, that's just what, you know, God, God's like, you know what, you stay faithful to me and I will, I will definitely, you know, uh, have a lot of little surprises to get you through. So I know you asked a question, I'm giving you a whole plot, but for people that are hurting out there, a big thing, I think, is to know that there is more joy to be had in this world. So if you're going through a depressing time right now, just try your best to get through it, knowing that there is going to be joy, there's going to be laughter, there's going to be good times later. You just got to get through this little pass, you know, this little valley you're going through. And I definitely have seen that in the last, you know, year and a half, two years. I am nearly speechless. I'm not speechless because I'm me, but nearly speechless. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, what a blessing to hear this and, and to just talk to you and really appreciate you Come on, really appreciate you sharing your heart. And I appreciate all that you do. I, what you're doing is a ministry. It's not just comedy. It's it's comedy, but it's ministering to people, to God's people, and probably even people who have not yet met the Lord. And that's, you know, what greater calling is that? You know, that's awesome. 
I'm humbled that he uses me, you know, every day. And that's the thing. He's ready to use anybody, you know. Even if you can't tell a joke, he's got some special talent that he's given you to use to glorify him. And so, you know, hopefully everybody kind of locks in on what that is and, and shows up every day ready to do it. Thank you, Bob Smiley, for sharing your story with us. You can find out more about him at bobsmiley.com. I'll put a link at talesoftherevolution.com. For some reason, the song was stuck in my head. But not the whole song. Just a couple of lyrics. Two months is too little. They let him go. They had no sudden healing. It was strange because I hadn't heard the song held by Natalie Grant in years. But that line ran through my head over and over. Two months is too little. They let him go. They had no sudden healing. The next morning I got a call at work. I was opening the store, getting the cash registers ready. As the phone rang, I figured somebody was calling in sick again. But no, it was my wife, who was almost two months pregnant. And she woke up bleeding. As I drove for the longest 15 minutes of my life to the doctor's office, I found myself wishing that someone was just calling in sick and that Valerie hadn't called and wasn't bleeding. I arrived to see Valerie exiting and falling into the arms of our friend Monica and the tears wouldn't stop. We drove home. I didn't go back to work. And my parents met us at the door. They had just moved into our house from California. And I remember my dad wrapping his arms around us saying, it's going to be okay. I didn't believe him at the time, but I appreciated the gesture. We had just lost our baby. We had no sudden healing. Why was this happening? What had we done wrong? You immediately begin cataloging your own sins and failures. Not a fruitful endeavor. But our healing did come. With time, we were surrounded by godly, loving friends. If you're not part of a small group, you're probably missing something in your life. This group and other loving friends poured themselves into us and loved us in our time of grief. If I ever wonder what God is like, I think about these friends. They allowed their lives to be interrupted and they surrounded us and shared in our pain. And this love that they showed for us, I saw God in that. Because for some reason, God decides to work through his people. 
And I think so many miss the point. Jesus never promised that we would not undergo hard times. Quite the opposite. Too many think that becoming a follower of Jesus means an easy life or evasion of heartache. But this is not true at all. Every single life experiences or can experience a broken heart. But Jesus is a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and he came to heal the brokenhearted. He walks with us during these dark times. He is with me in the valley of the shadow of death. There is no guarantee of avoiding the times that break you, but he is there to make you whole again. And he even allows this heartache to help others. Many of these people, these friends who comforted us, had also experienced similar loss and were able to empathize. And then, on the other side of this, my wife found herself ministering to people who had also lost children in the months following. You know, it's a myth that we will avoid suffering as Christians. This is one of the things I try to hammer home in evangelism. When I share Christ, I never want to tell people that their life will all of a sudden get easy. In fact, it may get harder, but becoming a follower of Christ, though you will still have difficulties, you will find that you're not alone because he promised never to leave us and never to forsake us, even to the very end. When Jesus was with his disciples, it says he loved them to the uttermost. show but wait there's more at talesoftherevolution.com check out the blog posts and subscribe on itunes stitcher google play youtube and more more tales of the revolution are coming and i want to hear your story reach out to me at facebook.com slash tales of the revolution or just send me an email jason at talesoftherevolution.com and speaking of email join the email list. Just enter your email and subscribe in the upper right-hand corner at talesoftherevolution.com. Thanks for listening. This episode was entitled, A Smiley for Your Troubles. Until next time, live the revolution.